Welcome back. It's time for another episode of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. This month, we're going to be talking with Dom Petretta. He's a student who went through the SER classroom, and now he's on the team of narrators for Scott Ellis Reads. We're going to hear from him, what he likes to do best in narration, and some of his voices that he loves to do for video game characters and such. If you use Spotify to listen to our podcast, starting this month, we'd love to have you watch the screen of your device for a pop-up questionnaire. It'll be just one or two questions, but give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. All right. We'll also check in with Coach's Corner this month. It's time. Let's go. Today on Let's Talk with Scott Ellis, we're talking with Dom Petretta. Dom has a history of performing in plays in his high school uh, here in the town where uh, we both used to live until he moved away from us. And uh, he's got lots of accents and impressions. He's got so much energy behind his voice. I'm really glad to see him start to get into uh, voiceover. So Dom, welcome to Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So tell me a little bit about how you got into theater in, in high school. What, what brought you to um, that? Well, I think it started when I was younger. Um, there was a, there was a, like a, like a theater camp in over in Dalton. It was called stages. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah, I, I, I did that. I've done, I did that while I was really younger. And then um, I kind of stopped when I hit middle school but my mom was like, you know, they do plays at middle school, right? You, you can go do that. So I was like, oh, okay. And the play that I got into was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I was, I was an ensemble, but they made me uh, the character of Shermie that sometimes uh, people from that era of my life like to bring up all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one of my many nicknames from my school days. And then I did, uh, I, I did another play. Oh, I can't remember what that one was. I think it was Fantastic Mr. Fox was seventh grade. I didn't do the eighth grade one. I did lights for the eighth grade one. And then I did um, a lot of tech and uh, stuff for uh, a lot of the high school plays at PHS. I was background uh, ensemble for Evita. I didn't do Camelot the following year because I hated the musical <laughs> doing all the dancing in the late night. I can do the singing part of the musical. It's the dancing that I don't like. And then uh, Chicago, I was the tech guy. I was also Fred Casely. If you've seen Chicago, that's the guy who gets shot in the beginning. That was me. Um, and then my final year, my mom brings this up all the time and it drives me nuts. Um, I was Herman and Sweet Cherry. And then when I hit college, I kind of stopped doing it for a while. And then most recently, there's something up here in Vermont. It's called Nightmare Vermont. It's like a haunt event, which is a little different than a haunted house. It's like one of those events where they like the actors all get up in your face and yell at you. And that. I've done that the past two years. Uh, both years, I did a character with an accent. Last year, I called it a mixture of the Joker and Freddy Krueger. That's what it was last year. And um, this year, it was just a basic Australian guy. I was a cannibal chef. 
<laughs> like, what are you doing over there? Don't touch that. <laughs> what a background. What a background. So, uh, you know, I've known your mom for mm -hmm. many, many years. We used to teach together and I, I first met you when you were, you know, knee yeah. high to a grasshopper, uh -huh. as they say. Um, and so it's, it's cool to kind of hear, you know, that kid from way back there, what you were doing when, uh, you know, I was just kind of getting to know you and your sister and your, your dad. I mean, heck, I know the, the whole family. <laughs> so, um, you you talked a little bit about accents and you know we we talked a little in the open about uh you know accents and impressions what are your favorite kinds of accents to do or what types of styles do you try and do as an impression um like some of my better ones are like just like a british guy i've always been like oh hello how are you what are you doing over there like i, I play a lot of D and D like RPGs too. And a lot of my characters tend to have like, uh, like an accent. Like currently one of my characters is just like a 90s surfer dude, man. Whoa. It's kind of, that's always fun. It's like, Horace, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just chilling, man. Waiting for some bird seed. He's like a giant bird. So <laughs> named after the Egyptian God. Don't tell anybody. All right. Secret is safe <laughs> with us. Nobody will, nobody will get that out. And, so. um, Back in ninth grade, uh, that's when I first saw Ace Ventura, that movie. So I've um, that's kind of been my go for like the comedic performances. I know this is a video, but that is probably my greatest like celebrity impression is the Ace Ventura. All righty then. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. Your number's still 911? <laughs> all righty then and i'm sorry to the people that are listening you're only getting this two-dimensional because i'm he and i are on on zoom and i'm i'm watching him do this so you'll have to just take my word for it that uh this is this is pretty comical i'm enjoying this i'm just yeah, gonna I, sit back and let you take over for the rest of the I've, show you've got enough personalities <laughs> in there to make it happen right i've i've been told that by people at work you know because I, I i i just do a job to pay the bills like most people this is kind of what i've always wanted to kind of do when i was a little kid i've wanted to you know be like i want to be the guy on the screen doing all the funny stuff so yeah. i've i wanted like video games or a movie or yeah, audiobooks that's fine too i mean it's kind of my, my I, I will do audiobooks but i'm more of a gamer than a reader if that makes sense mm -hmm. i know how to read <laughs> putting that out there <laughs> <laughs> that that'll help but um i would yeah. hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, your, your ability to change your voice and work with your voice and use it as a tool, that's really what's important. And, and I talk about that with a lot of people that, you know, get involved in the SER classroom, which you are a, a member of, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit, but getting people to enjoy to use their voice and know how to use it and recognize the power of that tool will serve them and you very well in in voiceover because you know your your listeners whether it's listeners to the video game characters or listeners to an audiobook or even a commercial to be able to have that variety and understand that people don't want that, you know, peanuts teacher back from, you know, my day. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a trombone. Right. Before we continue with this episode, let's step aside for a moment to hear more about SER Classroom, a sponsor of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. Learning to become a narrator or voice actor just got easier. The SER Classroom is a self-paced, video-based platform with weekly live meetings with Scott and other mentors in his program. You could learn how to become a narrator or voice actor by watching YouTube, or you can cut through it all, learn from one person, have a team of mentors to help, and talk directly with the teacher. I joined the classroom, and what I like best about it is the ability to watch videos that not only pertain to performance, but also editing. Visit www.serclassroom.com to learn more, or email scott at scottellisreads.com to set up a one-on-one conversation before you jump in. We look forward to seeing you in the classroom. If you're interested in becoming a voice actor or audiobook narrator, I hope you'll reach out to the classroom. Let's continue with today's episode. So um, let's let's talk about the the Scott Ellis Reads classroom for a second. Um, you've been involved with that. How how has that kind of worked with you toward getting you ready to do some of this voiceover work? Well, uh, it definitely helped me uh, actually prepare a setup. Unlike uh, what I used to do in the past, like I got some sound dampening stuff to my left and behind my computer, um, and uh, I have to uh, put up that curtain that I've been meaning to do for the past weeks, and I still haven't done it because I'm a lazy <laughs> doofus. There, that's the word. Let's there you go. <laughs> We're not on a second seven or a seven second delay. So I got nervous there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, no, no, don't say don't say that word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's still right there. I see this thing I got to hang up. Uh, Sometimes when I do recordings, I was like, you know, let's just make this a little more and I'll just throw my comforter over myself and like read from my phone and then do a little just a little bit of post processing myself. Yeah, good. Um. Yeah, it's, you know, that that room treatment is so important, you know, the quality of your, your equipment that you're using, um, you know, the, the, the higher you want to go kind of in the field, you know, and you start competing with people that have, you know, really top notch equipment, um, you know, you've got to be that much better than them talent wise, if your equipment is, you know, kind of less than what it should be. Mm-hmm. And you have, you've made some, some changes and some improvements in, in the equipment and the room treatment. And yeah, I yeah. even got one of those like mic, like it surrounds my mic kind of. Right. Yep. So when I'm talking into it, it's basically going right into some foam panels as well. Yeah. Stops that bouncing around yeah. get that yeah. echoey effect. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, after high school, Talk about what you studied in college and how that kind of, you know, almost took your theater stuff to the next level, but also kind of took a hard right hand turn. Yeah. So I went to Champlain College up in Burlington, Vermont. Um, I'm still in the area. I don't want to say where, but (laughs) I'm still there. Um, Originally, I went to through uh, I was accepted into the game programming uh, major. 
let's just say that didn't go well. Um, hmm. So I switched to, it's called management of creative media. To give you the lowdown, that's kind of like uh, I would be a social media guy for uh, either film or radio or video games. I went through the video game stuff. So I, so that means I was the team leader. Like I made sure stuff was done, stuff was being done and stuff was done correctly. And we were, you know, putting it all in a presentation together and stuff like that. That was my main role. Um, but for my senior year, I was put on another team who already basically had one of those people. And I was the main like sound guy. Like I did all the sound effects for the game. And I even did a little bit of voiceover stuff. I remember for one of the bosses that we did, it was like a big, like a voodoo guy. So I would talk, I would say like a random voodoo phrase into the mic and then reverse it, echo it. And then like reverse it back. No, no, no. I kept it reversed. So I would say something like, you know, in the voodoo guy voice, like stay away from the voodoo. And um, I would reverse it, add some more effects and keep it that way and then send it in. So it just sounded like, you know, like a big voodoo and then. <laughs> and I also like for other games, I just did a lot of monster noises, which you. <sighs> so. Huh. That's, that's... A lot of people wanted me like uh, in senior years, like, wait a minute, that's the sound guy who does all the, the voiceover stuff. We, we, we want him. <laughs> that's great. And um, so people that may be listening that are interested in, in reaching out and hearing what you could do or getting involved in some different projects. I know you're on Twitter. Uh, you want to tell yeah. people how to get in touch with you? So I am. Uh, Twitter is my the main one, but I don't really use it often because it's um, sometimes when I scroll too much, I get a little, you know, you, Twitter's sometimes not a fun place, but my handle there is, I forgot, hold on. <laughs> Always, uh, ah, it's at Dom underscore J underscore pet. Look for the guy named Lieutenant McMuffin. Lieutenant McMuffin. Yep. All right. Uh, that's a also, old, that's an old inside joke between everybody. My all friends. right. You're also on the Scott Ellis Reads team of narrators. So Correct. if people come to scottellisreads.com and click on the uh, meet the team tab, uh, they'll be able to see you and hear some of your your work mm -hmm. that you've done there. And of course, if you want to email me, Scott at scottellisreads.com. Uh, I can certainly put anybody in touch with Dom that uh, is looking to employ his talents on projects that they might be doing. Dom, before I let you go, I've got to ask you about a quote that you sent me that you kind of mm -hmm. like to use as a guiding principle. Tell us this quote and what it means to you. Um, so the quote is, it's a paraphrase just a little bit from Superman, because I can't remember it entirely. It's basically, there's a hero in all of us, except some of us are brave enough to put on the cape. See, I grew up with Superman, and he's always been one of my childhood heroes. I say there's three. It's Superman, Batman, Dick Mason, who was Robin Knightley. Um, so whenever I see that quote, I kind of take it as like how I'm supposed to live my life. I see, I always try to do the right thing, even if it's hard or, um, I, I try to push myself whenever I can, like, 
I kind of take it as you'll never know what you'll achieve if you just sit there and do nothing. Because if you just sit there and do nothing, you're going to achieve nothing. Put on the cape and be brave and do it. Put yourself out there, man. Come on. Who's, what are you going to lose if you don't try? I think those are great words to live by. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Dom, it's been great talking to you about this. Mm -hmm. You've certainly got a lot of background that's going to lead nicely to this field. And, and it's going to be interesting to watch you uh, land some jobs and hone your craft like we're all trying to do. And I hope that uh, at some point you'll come back and share with us some audio that you've recorded and sold so that we can uh, kind of celebrate that and uh, watch you move to the next level. Me too. Hoping for that next big job next year. Excellent. Thank you for your time. No problem. Let's step into the coaching corner for a second. And today I want to talk about character voices. So how do you keep track of all those different voices that you might use in the course of one audiobook? It can be a real challenge. So this is what I do. When you get your manuscript, first thing you do is you read it from front to back, every single word with a notebook at your elbow, and you take notes. Ask your authors for character studies. They'll give you all of the information that you need to know about these wonderful characters that they've written for you to bring to life. And then when you're starting to narrate, when the first character shows up, take the first, you know, five seconds of their line, ten seconds of their line, and record it and export it as a file of their name. And then in your file structure of all of the files that you're going to have for your audiobook, make sure that you name, uh, you have a, a folder that is just for character voices. And you want to keep that book to book if it's a series. So uh, I'll also say when I'm doing their first line, if I'm thinking of someone in particular that helps me get into that character voice like, you know, my bad guy is always like this, you know, and so for me, he's he's a little like Richard Nixon. So, you know, I'll say his line and then I'll say my Richard Nixon voice, you know, sorry, Richard, but that's what I do. And that'll help you kind of get into that character and keep them straight for when they um, appear, you know, 60, 70 pages later, or even into a next book, authors will be really impressed if you can have that continuity. Another thing that I'll do with character voices is when I'm making my notes in my, on my, my sheet or my, my notebook, um, I'll note which characters appear in scenes with other characters. So I might have two characters that have similar voices, and if they never meet in the book, well, that's okay. But if they get into a very lengthy conversation in chapter 14, I probably don't want to have them have kind of similar voices. So think about your voices, plan them out ahead of time, make some anchor files to keep yourself consistent throughout the book, and it'll make your life a lot easier. And that's Coaching Corner for today. There you have it. 
another episode of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. Hey, Spotify listeners, I hope you looked for that questionnaire that popped up on your screen. Hopefully you'll give us some feedback. I'd like to thank my guest this month, Dom Petretta. Dom, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, we really appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. We'll check you out next month.